0: Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louie and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. Why did the hedgehog cross the road?
1: Why? I don't know.
0: To visit his flatmate.
1: Oh God, poor hedgehog. <laughs> oh, but I need to tell that joke to you, Dad. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, talking about hedgehogs, how are you doing?
0: It's been a good week. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it really has. I've got. A, I feel like I've got a lot done. So.
1: And I it's think... Wednesday. It is. So... Yeah. It's yeah. not even the end
0: of the week. Yeah. Although I was ill all day yesterday. Uh, I had a stomach bug or something, which was horrible. So I got nothing done then. But other than that, it has been a pretty damn good week. So I think the main thing that I'm really happy about is we talked last time and I was thinking about hiring some content writers, some freelance content writers to work for Spark Sparkloop. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd posted on Twitter and in some places and had quite a few people reach out and even had one person uh, who I knew I wanted to work with who who reached out which was great Mm -hmm. and what I've done now is set up pilot projects with I think four maybe five people I think committed from four and we're going to run those over the next two or three weeks so definitely four or five bits of content in the pipeline and hopefully I can work with one of them a long term yeah. from January onwards and the others if if they are great and if we work well together then maybe there will be project basis uh, pieces that we can work together on as well
1: that's fantastic congratulations so now looking back towards the objections you had before hiring Do you think they were all a little bit nonsensical? Like how do you feel about this right now?
0: I feel really good about it right now. So I'm gonna hold off a tiny bit until the the results are back, right? But yeah, thinking about what was holding me back, I think I was the main part of it was just the money thing, which Mm -hmm. I realized instantly wasn't a problem at all. So I'm I'm absolutely fine with that now. And the other thing was just the control freak. Kind of feeling that i had to do all this stuff myself yeah. and that was to be honest partly because i just assumed the kind of person that we would be able to hire probably it would end up being pretty bad mm. we definitely did have some people apply who i was like yeah that's the kind of thing i expected mm-hmm. <laughs> like it would take me more time to explain and then edit that into something useful than we saved for the money okay but no like the there were easily 10 people who i would probably be very happy to work with so that's not a problem either yeah
1: that's super exciting
0: yeah it's amazing the quality is just so high of these people who applied really interesting to see the difference in pricing they have really can't tell that in advance everything for the 1500 word article maybe this is interesting to people the cheapest quote i got from someone who seemed pretty good was like 150 dollars and the most expensive was almost 2,000.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, That's a major jump right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they were in different locations, obviously, but still, even yeah. in the US, there were some people, the range tended to be between like 300 and 500 for right. uh, a medium-sized article. And yeah, it was crazy, the <laughs> just the discrepancy of how much or how little people would charge.
1: Yeah. That's super interesting to me. Do you think that, of course, it's not just the location, but is there something, for example, experience of that person that charged you or that quoted you $2,000? Uh, do you feel that they really different from other people that charge you way less like I said an experience they maybe have a lot more experience with this or their niche is actually what you're looking for uh, or what is it
0: that's a really good question we're gonna have to find out so I didn't hire anyone who wanted to charge Mm. 2,000 for an article I think what happened so some of the people that I'm really excited to work with basically they charge differently depending on whether they're just writing or whether they're also researching and doing strategy as well Mm. so people may be quoting based on that and I think a lot of people who are let's say they don't want to become like on the content treadmill where they're just writing they would like to do more strategy and stuff as well and then you can earn much more money doing strategy obviously because it's much more closely linked to, to the value so I imagine they're at that kind of place where they're already comfortable they already have a lot of work coming in and they're saying, basically, look, you can't really hire me to write uh, an article that you've prepared in advance or that you already know what it's going to be about. But you can hire me to come in and take the strategy off your hands as well and to go out and, and work out what the best article is to write and stuff right. like that. And I think at that point, yeah, obviously, a thousand, two thousand dollars or something can totally make sense. Yeah. For that. It's, it's a lot more work. It's a lot more responsibility. That's just not quite what we need right now but it will be within a couple of months. So we've got a good mix of people who can and are happy to do that soon as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Congratulations on the progress. I'm extremely happy.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'm. it's great. It just means I can do all the other stuff that I want to do as well. So it's, yeah. I feel like all of a sudden I've got a real weight off my shoulders.
1: Yep, yep. It's yeah. exactly the same way that I felt at the beginning. It was quite scary, but then as you ease into it, you suddenly... Realize that oh, I have this project that I can finally start working on right now, and the rest will essentially take care of itself.
0: Yeah, it's just I like just the idea that I can get on a phone call with someone and they can just ask me questions for half an hour, uh, pick my brain, and turn that into the finished article. Yeah, it's just it just feels so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how about you? How is how are things going with uh, the the contractors? How was the the Black Friday hell week?
1: Well, I'm so happy that's over, to be honest. It's been extremely chaotic. And this year, (sighs) first of all, there's the fact that Facebook actually gave a lot of their support reps the whole week off last week. So from Monday to Friday and then the weekend. So there wasn't a lot of support on Black Friday, which essentially also meant that any kind of problems that we stumbled into there were insane cues with support and you can necessarily resolve them. So that is now done with essentially. So I'm so happy that black Friday, cyber Monday is over and I can ease into my regular schedule and regular routine that I have with my, with my clients. And I'm actually right now preparing the delegation or the work delegation for the next couple of weeks cuz i think uh, i already mentioned but i'm taking the last two weeks in december off so i want my my contractors are going to be working so they are they essentially said that they're going to be working through the holidays so they are going to take care of everything that I have regarding client work, but I do have to prepare everything in advance, all the tasks, all the directions. So I'm slowly starting to prepare that. It's good. I think it's a good thing to work on because I have in my mind like the last two weeks where I'm just going to chill at the fireplace and I don't know, read a book or something.
0: Awesome. Do you have a book picked out already?
1: I have several actually. And I'm right now I'm reading The Psychopath Test. <laughs> Which is I on brand. Okay. <laughs> but like I, what I... <laughs> But this I consider light reading, by the way. What I wanted to do, <laughs> what I wanted to find, I actually asked on Twitter for a couple of recommendations on some light reading material. But light reading for me is psychopathy and horror stories and criminals and thrillers. So I have a couple of different books. And right now I started reading The Psychopath Test already to ease myself into the holidays and holiday reading. <laughs> but and I'm practically like I'm halfway through the book in just a couple of days. So I hope I won't. Yeah, I hope, hopefully I won't run out of them (laughs) by the beginning of the holidays.
0: (laughs) That's nice. It's a nice kind of welcome distraction and it's different from all your true crime podcasts. So I'm sure it's...
1: Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So I read those books morning time and then listen to true crime podcasts evening time. (laughs) Like I said, it's on brand.
0: Yeah, I always remember I watched, uh, I went to see a live comedian last year before lockdown. And she was really funny. And the only bit that I can remember is her talking about how like men don't get why women love these true crime podcasts and these uh, kind of like gruesome, grisly books and all that kind of stuff. And, And, you know, why men don't like them that much and why women do. And she was saying men just don't get it because for men, it's like this horrible, grisly story they're reading. And for women, it's research.
1: I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> so my, the w- one book that I also bought again, based on a recommendation is My Killer Wife. So <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> when I, <laughs> when my, when I got the package from Amazon, my husband was d- the one to actually open it. I think that book was on top. So when he saw it, he was like, uh, I don't know what to think about this.
0: <laughs> Are you sending your, your contractors My Killer Boss as well.
1: Oh God. That's yeah. Maybe I should, I should do that and see their reaction. Just be act all normal and then see what the, what they'll have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. So do you take those two weeks in December completely off then, or are you going to be around and looking after clients if they have uh, problems as well? Do you just reach out to them and say, Hey, just so you know, last two weeks in December. Bring me if literally the house is burning down, but anything else, please don't. You know, just wait.
1: Yep. So it's going to be exactly what you mentioned. I'm like, if if there's something that's really urgent, and I specify what urgency means. (laughs) For example, urgency is my webpage is down, and I need you to turn all of my ads off. So that's something that to me it's urgent, but not. Hey, we're thinking of. Attacking this from a different angle, can we change the copy a little bit? So that's where I'm going to prepare everything in advance. Uh, but they do, or not exactly right now. But I do let them know around the beginning of December, which is what I'm going to be doing this week. Uh, I do let them know that I'm going to be off for two weeks. My contractors are going to be doing all the work. So if there's anything, reach out to them, and they'll they can also let me know if there's something urgent. But I am going to be around. And the one thing that I am going to be working on is Super Spice Media and just planning for 2021. It's something that I love doing every single year and something that I look forward to. And it does take me a while to just recap the the previous year and then prepare some sort of a strategy and a plan for the upcoming year.
0: Yeah, maybe we could talk a bit about that because I... I've never really done that before. I've set goals for maybe what I want to achieve in the year or things that I'd like to, to work towards, but I've never really sat down and worked on the, on the business or on, on, on like for a year in advance. How do you start with that?
1: Oh, Wow. That's a whole process. And then I'm actually interested in hearing about your process. I know, I mean, like you said, it's not as, probably not as detailed as mine is, but I'm always happy to hear how other people um, approach this. But what I do first typically is I put the last year. So this year is going to be 2020. I put it in numbers. I put it in numbers. So, for example, I uh, first take a look at my earnings, how much profit I made, and I bucket all of my, all of the revenue coming from Super Spicy Media. I bucket it into several buckets. I have, for example, client work. I have coaching. I have educational products. I have the science of Facebook ads, and I bucket everything together, and then I have two columns (laughs) that I create in Google sheets. So the first one is income level. And the second one is happiness level. So for example, on income level, again, you have, I don't know, from one to however long the list is and happiness level is the same thing. But the income level, for example, I essentially, I just want to see with which products and with which type of work I'm earning the most money. And then happiness level, I'm trying to see which work actually makes me feel good. So for example, I can, I think everyone knows that, but just to maybe state it one more time. Well, I love working with clients because to me, like it's a challenge. Every client that approaches me, It's a different kind of client every time I need to, I don't know, think of a new strategy. So it's fun for me, but it's definitely not as fulfilling as the science of Facebook ads. So if I had to choose, like no matter the income, if I had to choose what to work on, I would definitely say educational product, but it's the client work that actually brings in Let's say 80% of my revenue. So based on the income level and based on the happiness level, I essentially determine what my focus should be for the upcoming year. So for example, client work is still on top because again, it's bringing the most of the revenue. But then based on the happiness level, I- actually create some sort of a new plan where I do want to maybe the direction that I w- want to move in. When I have those numbers, what I do then next is I just create a, some sort of a word document where I write out everything that I feel, write out everything that I think, and just put like t- 2020 in words. So that's just internal. I don't share that with anyone, but I think it helps to Just write down how I feel because looking then I I can always look back and see how I felt and what I thought, and then maybe readjust the direction that I'm moving in. And then I start preparing the goals and the numbers that I want to achieve in the upcoming year and essentially how I'm going to achieve that because it's one thing to have some sort of goals and it's a totally different thing to know how to achieve those goals. So when I do create some sort of a strategy, the goals that I want to achieve, uh, I start working on to actually get to this goal, I need to do this. And I create a list um, of tasks and of the projects that I'm going to be working on. So that's in a nutshell. I, I think that you're already sensing that. Yeah, this is, it goes quite in depth, but this is everything in a nutshell that I do. And then I have actually during the year, I have like monthly reviews. I have weekly reviews where I essentially see if I'm moving in the right direction. For example, if I have a goal of, I don't know, having... 5,000 subscribers to my email list by the end of the year. I want to see, am I hitting those numbers? Am I where I need to be? Should I be doing something more here? So yeah, it's not just the goal setting. You actually have to follow through and check in every once in a while to see if you're moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. So I have a couple of questions. I guess the first one is after you've, so let's say you look at at your agency business and okay. The happiness is I don't know let's say it's on a scale of one to ten just so I can imagine it let's say the happiness is a, a six and the the income is a nine for example right do you then write down do you write down the re- or, or think about the reasons why the happiness is at a six instead of at a nine f- and then work on those things during the year or is that not part of the process do you not worry about that
1: I actually do. So for example, last year, what I, when I did that review, I noticed that I noticed, I noticed a pattern. So I wasn't really happy with the client work because I wasn't necessarily working with the clients that would make me feel good. So for example, during the year, I took on a couple of clients that Before onboarding them, I saw like the red flags and I didn't do anything about that. So when I decided to, I still naturally want to be doing client work. I decided to approach things differently and just take on clients that I feel personally Good working with them, and if something doesn't pan out, I'm just I'm going to try my best. But for example, with the client that I'm struggling right now, to be honest, like whatever I do, we're just not a good fit, and we actually noticed that we're not a good fit two months into our collaboration. So when that happens, I decided last year to not feel bad about letting that client go because. I want to feel good about client work in general. So I do actually review why I'm not feeling good about something if I'm not feeling good about something and try to find a solution to feel better about it.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And is that where the goals come from then? Because that was going to be my next question is, is where do your goals come from?
1: Absolutely. I think that's that's some sort of a start. It does give me a frame that I can work within. But then I also have, for example... Something that I didn't fulfill actually this year. Um, But last year, I decided to start working on the science of Facebook ads a lot more because it just makes me feel better. I haven't really fulfilled that. However, because of the changes that I've made to how I approach clients and how I onboard clients and how I decide who I'm going to work with and who I'm not going to work with, I actually feel good about my year. Even though I haven't necessarily hit the goals with the science of Facebook ads, but I have definitely sur- uh, surpassed the goals with client work.
0: Nice. Okay. And when you set goals, are they goals that you can know when you've achieved them or not? Are they quantifiable goals or can they be a bit vaguer as well?
1: It's both. So I have quantifiable goals in terms of revenue and I also have like vague goals in terms of happiness and how I feel about things. And for that, I have (laughs) a special weekly, let's say document that I fill out on a weekly basis where I dedicate, like I have star rating my week can go from one to five stars based on how I'm feeling about it so if I have a five star week I essentially say okay I'm feeling good about this week because I have made these changes that are not quantifiable but it is something that I need to be working on if I want to feel good about my work so yeah that's essentially it's a combination of both
0: okay and there's I have one last question I promise then the interview ends (laughs) because one thing I've noticed especially with the founders in in sales with founders is is that a lot of them make big decisions, set goals, make life-changing decisions for the year ahead at a time when something bad has just happened? So they something won't have gone the way they want. They realize they want to make a change, and that's when they set their goals, when they're feeling bad or when something hasn't gone their way. Do mm. you like how do you plan out a, a time to think about this when you know you're not just reacting to something? I don't know, like a a bad or a very good short-term thing that will completely affect the way that you you set your goals?
1: I think with the year planning, like to me, it's every end of the year, every two weeks. So I don't think I'm really influenced by, let's say major changes that, or negative events that might be happening in my life. And I'm like, I'm really... Trying to be objective when it comes to goal planning, especially because I know (laughs) for a fact that in the past, I have just created a set of goals from the, the, on the top of my head, just saying, you know what? I want to earn let's say 100K per year with product sales, you know, based on nothing. So I decided to approach things, to start approaching things differently because I want to be more objective and realistic when it comes to goal planning. And that's why I do it every end of the year. And I do it based on the numbers that I'm achieving already. So again, I'm trying to be realistic and um, not being influenced by any major things happening in my life. I don't know if that answers your question. So if it doesn't, feel free to uh, rephrase it.
0: No, it does, I think. So because you, you, you set a t- aside time specifically at the end of the year to, to think about this kind of thing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So it's not just a kind of, it's not an impulse thing to think about. It's been planned in.
1: Yeah, because I've done impulse impulse things or impulsive decisions. Yeah. <laughs> For example, again, I can't remember when, but I think it was two years ago, or three years ago, the moment where I decided to fire all of my clients except one and start working on products, which in hindsight, obviously it was something that I needed. However, it wasn't the smartest decision because after a year, I wasn't nowhere near as nowhere near the goal that I had for product sales. And looking back, I would, for example, maybe hire someone to help me with client workload that I have, and then work on products, something that Amy recommended Amy Hoy, and I did not listen to her. (laughs) But yeah, I also tend to make bad decisions when being influenced by major life events, or just my feelings, how I feel about my work, hence why I create a set of goals at like same time every year. And then if I do make changes, the changes are just minor and don't ruin the big picture.
0: Right. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. I I don't know if I could do that. I'll I have to see.
1: So what do you do at the end of the year? The goals that you actually set, are those more quantifiable or like you said, more, I don't know, in the year?
0: Yeah. So I I don't really do a good job of this at all. that's why I was asking so, so many questions. So what I started doing last year was moving away from making these decisions at in, in January when it's dark and cold and Christmas has just finished and there's this urge to change everything and I started thinking about this kind of on along, alongside my birthday basically so uh, in October. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is just me, but I've never found goals particularly useful or planning across a year because they change so much in such a short period of time Mm -hmm. for me. Sure, even with Sparkly, even business planning, we have like directional goals, which are are long-term, right? So years, really? Well, there's yeah. no timeline to it, but directional goals of where we want to go, where we're trying to get to, but we don't really plan. Like we tried planning in, in three month chunks and that was too far. Like thing, things were changing within three months. So we moved that down to six weeks, which is working really well for us now, but I can't sit down in October and say, this is what I want to achieve next year. Yeah. Because I'll look back at what I wanted to achieve the year before and I'm just a completely different person to the person that I was then. And I want complete... I wouldn't be happy if I'd achieved those things during the year. So I don't know. um, Maybe I'm just more unstable in where I'm going. But it's... Yeah, the way that I do it now is I have priorities that I'm working towards. But they change on a... Probably on a month-by-month basis almost.
1: Yeah. So I don't think to... Like to maybe add something to this conversation. I don't think there's a right way or wrong way of doing things. I think we're all different people. And to me, like I'm when it comes to my work, I'm highly organized and I like systems and I like tracking. So for example, what works for me is creating a set of goals and then doing monthly reviews for myself where just to see if I'm hitting those numbers, if I'm feeling good about my work. But for example, yourself, you are maybe different. So you don't need that or you don't enjoy doing that as much as I do. So I don't think there's a right way or wrong way. The only thing that I'm maybe wondering about is for example, you set how your business changes, let's say you created, you know, three month goals and you, you noticed how it actually changed so frequently that he couldn't keep up with that. So do you think you don't, let's say, do you think that goal setting and goal tracking or whatever you want to call it doesn't work for you because of the nature of the business you're in, or it doesn't work for you because you're a different person that, doesn't enjoy doing things
0: i don't know so what i've found is that i really enjoy the process of setting goals and and reflecting on them and i think that's really useful so checking in monthly and seeing okay last month i wanted to do like my priorities were x y and z what has changed today what is different what are my Mm -hmm. priorities today what did i want to achieve that i didn't achieve why didn't I achieve it or why don't I want to achieve it anymore? And what am I because of that? What what are my new priorities? What are my new goals for the next month? Mm-hmm. And I, I really think of them as priorities, not goals. If I can only get one thing done, what's that gonna be? Like what's the second? What's the third? What, what are my what are yeah. the most important things like I worry about? And really I, I try and have like at most three or four. Yeah. So I, I really love the the process of doing it. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of the process. It's just for the same reason because things so with Sparkloop. And I think at some point with Sparkloop, hopefully we will get to the point reasonably soon where we can plan in three month cycles and then in six months and then in mm. years because things tend to slow down. But the reason I think that we are stuck at six week cycles at the moment is just because we are learning so much that mm. we are basically learning that the goals we made were based on an incomplete. Information, right? Like six weeks ago, we thought we were going to melt this iceberg in six weeks. And it turns out the iceberg is actually three times the size that we thought it was, for example.
1: And maybe just to emphasize, I don't, or when I set my goals and what I want to work uh, on in the upcoming year, those, like I said, they change during the year as well. I'm not talking about big changes, but because, for example, let's say I, with the science of Facebook ads, it's a perfect example. So I landed a couple of clients that I didn't expect that I was going to lend them. And that's okay. Cause I felt good about client work. So I decided, you know what, maybe I'm not going to hit my goals for the science of Facebook ads, but I do feel good about my client work. So I maybe restructure the things that I want to achieve in the upcoming month or in 2020. And that's perfectly fine. Cause I think that yearly for me, Yearly planning is also like really way ahead because you're planning for the whole 12 months. However, that's why I do frequent check-ins to see is the direction that I'm currently moving the direction that I want to be moving in. And does anything need changing? And do I feel the same about my goals that I set at the beginning of the year? Do I feel the same about them right now, or does any of the goals need changing or anything like that? So I don't think that when you create a set of goals they want to achieve in the upcoming year, they're not set in stone. So they can change, and that's perfectly fine and perfectly okay.
0: Yeah. No. I. That, that makes a lot of sense. I completely agree with that. That's basically the way that I do it, I think. I remember for 2020 or for the year up until October, what I really wanted to achieve, basically my main priority that I wrote down was to write, uh, finish and, and write a book on social proof, on how to do social proof really well. And mm-hmm. I haven't really worked on that at all since February. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm completely fine with that because pandemic, sales for founders and Spark Loop just Become became way more important to me than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I always worry, or something I see with other people that I'm very careful that I don't want to happen to me is that they will, be, they will have written down the goal of writing this book for 2020. And they'll feel really bad that they haven't written the book yet and they'll feel anxious and they've let themselves down. Even though if they could choose, like if they could go back in time knowing what they know now, they wouldn't have made that a goal for 2020 anyway. So I'm always a bit worried that just because I've written it as a goal on a piece of paper that I'm going to want to, to work towards it. Even though actually when I stop and think about it, that was a, it wasn't a mistake, but it's just not, it isn't a priority. It isn't a goal anymore.
1: Yeah. And it's what you said that I practice frequently stop and think about it. So every month essentially I stop and think about are are the things that I have planned are my goals still the things that I want to achieve still the goals that I want to achieve or have my priorities changed so like I said even when you're planning or if someone is planning for the next year, for the whole 12 months, don't think that this is something that you're setting in stone and you have to achieve that. Because if you don't, first of all, if you don't feel good about that anymore, feel free to change it. It's your schedule. They are your goals. Second of all, the pandemic of 2020 is the perfect example of when things go wrong and you don't have any control over them. So things like this will happen, things that you don't have any control over. And because of that, you don't, what I don't recommend is actually clinging on those goals that you set. And I rather imagine them being a little bit more fluid and ever changing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So have you thought already about your, your signs of Facebook ads goals? for 2021.
1: Not really cuz that's something that I want to take my time with. So even though I'm already getting all sorts of ideas and just the goals that I want to achieve, I'm I'm getting those ideas or uh, ideas already. What I want to do is just sit down and think about this in detail. So I'm refraining from even thinking about that until I'm actually taking those two weeks off and sitting down thinking about it and approaching it realistically i have not been thinking actively about this no i'm just trying to finish my year and then start working on my goals
0: nice that sounds like a sensible thing to do
1: what about you have I, i assume that you don't have as detailed of a process that i have but have you started working on the 2021 goals or priorities yeah
0: yeah, it's interesting. So I'm trying something slightly different with sales for founders, and basically I'm going to force myself to make it a priority because
1: <laughs> for like sales for founders in general, like the, or... the course,
0: yeah, um, yeah, okay. So at the moment, I've been running a like a, a bootcamp which just finished at the end of November. But as of now, there is only the community, and I'm, I'm helping out in the community and stuff, and we have weekly check-ins and everything. But there's no course that you can sign up to right now. There's nothing you can Mm -hmm. come in and buy. And I've been struggling with what the next version of that should look like. And there are a lot of people on the list and a lot of people who I can help and I want to help. So it's too important to me to just let it fizzle away and die out. There isn't really anywhere I can send those people, to be perfectly honest, to help them. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to me that it does happen. But again, I'm on limited time, like limited clever time during the week because I have Sparkloop and everything. I've been trying to work out how to prioritize sales for founders and how to get it to a place where it can just run, but also where I enjoy it and that it fits into my schedule. And Mm -hmm. what I've done is I've started easing back into it with a, like an advent calendar in December. So basically I'm just, just trying to distill everything that I've taught and learned over the last year or so into let's say the like the 25 most important bite-sized uh, learnings. And I'm going to try and post one of those a day in a thread on Twitter as if it were a, an advent calendar. Yeah. Which is fun. And then the other thing I've been thinking about is what's always what, what I like running a course. I like doing an info product. But something I don't like so much about it compared to consulting is that a lot of people will start it and buy it, and they could get a lot of value out of it, but they just don't follow through. I'm not the only one. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm even particularly bad for this, like my course. I think it's relatively good compared to most, but it's just a fact that most people buy something and then never actually use it, or a lot of people at least. Yeah. And yeah. if you do things live, then the engagement, the, that goes way up. But live takes time, costs money, means I have to make it more expensive, especially if there's like group sessions or one-on-one or something like that, which again means I can help fewer people, which mm-hmm. isn't really my, my goal is to help more people, not to make a lot of money from it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I've been trying to work out a way that I can turn this into something that is quite hands-off, very cheap, maybe even free, but that still gets people actually using it. And I'm not really entirely sure what that's going to be yet, but the the version I have in my head at the moment is to say, look, Louis, you're going to set aside Sundays to create basically one one module each week, right? So two or three very Mm -hmm. short lessons each Sunday. And then You're going to share that with people on a Monday, maybe for free with some kind of actionable, some kind of worksheet or something they can actually implement and try during the week. And then on a Friday, I'll probably have a a half an hour or a 45 minute call that people can jump into where I will answer questions and go over anything that people found confusing and so on. And I'll probably do that for eight weeks, 10 weeks, maybe depending on on just how much Mm -hmm. content there is. And hopefully that will get people participating and will allow me to help people who need to be helped and learn from them and still get the fun part of it, like the part I really enjoy, which is helping people face-to-face and talking to them and seeing them get excited and seeing them get results, but also allows mm-hmm. me to help a lot more people than if I was just running the, the bootcamp, which you know, is maxed out to seven to eight people.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you're essentially going to start hosting office hours where people can attend live ask you questions and you'll be enjoying the process much more because it's going to be what you love doing like you said helping people essentially in person live and yeah yeah sounds
0: yeah I think it's going to be it's going to be a cohort basically right again Mm, yeah like a very most cohort things are very expensive and this is going to be a very cheap cohort thing. So I'm not sure if that's going to work out. Maybe that's a sign that it's not going to work because everyone else seems to do like expensive cohort things. So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll see.
0: We will see indeed. Yeah, yeah. that is, yeah. Uh, those are my plans for sales of founders. So I think I'm going to start that in the first week of January or the second week of January. I'll take mm-hmm. some time over Christmas to prepare. Make sure I have one or two weeks backed up just in case something happens and then yeah. normally people at the beginning of January are in that kind of mindset that they want to make some changes anyway. And everyone can afford to spend an hour a week on on learning. It's a good time to get people to commit, I think.
1: Are you going to be even taking any time off during the holidays or just working through them because there's a pandemic happening and we're all stuck at our homes?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like- I, was, I was thinking that. So At Sparkloop, my co-founder, Manuel, he will take some time off for sure over Christmas, probably a week or so, I think. And he's also taking a bit of time off next week because he's moving house. So Mm -hmm. I won't be taking any time off, I don't think, in December. What we've discussed is that I will probably, like Sparkloop, I won't be working on marketing and sales. It'll be customer support and customer success only, really, over the holidays. And I don't expect many people to be like, not not many of our customers will need help on the on the holidays. They won't really be doing very much. They won't be signing up for this and trying it out. So that's fine. And I'm really just going to spend that kind of last week of, of December on sales for founders and on other projects, just uh, still working, but it's refreshing to work on something. completely yeah. different. Yeah. And then, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's not going to be as intense as it typically is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It'll be a different kind of uh, a different kind of intensity, different kind of fun. And mm-hmm. then hopefully when things start to be a bit less crazy, as far as the pandemic goes, then hopefully I can take a, a couple of weeks off, maybe early spring and uh, go and travel or something.
1: Hopefully. I, I hope that 2021, we're going to have a different world to live in. <laughs>
0: Yes, Uh, so talking of a better world in 2021, what are you looking forward to next week?
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned previously, I'm slowly easing into the holidays and the holiday holiday mood. And I'm just going to be working on delegation a little bit more preparing for preparing my contractors for the holidays we also have the 360 boot camp round 2 happening in 2 weeks so already preparing for that and i think a couple correct me if i'm wrong but i think a couple of episodes ago i mentioned like a small e-commerce store that i'm launching for like incense so i Um, actually, I already launched the store. (laughs) The problem is that I didn't get the sage and the, like the Palo Santo, which is the like holy burning wood or whatever they call it. So I still haven't, I still didn't get it because the delivery issues with COVID and everything is crazy. So I'm getting that next week and I'm really excited about that. I'm really looking forward to seeing how many people will buy. I'm getting tons of messages, people just being excited. When When is the sale starting? When, when are you starting to sell? Because we're waiting in line, essentially. So I'm super excited about that. Getting the products next week. I was just during our recording, the supplier actually messaged me that he's uh, also been shipping the other package. So that should also come next week because the first package got lost somewhere. So
0: <laughs> brilliant suppliers, always a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, I was
0: just gonna say that's I, obviously you want this stuff to arrive before Christmas, right? So that people can use it as presents yep. and stuff. Obviously, that's really important. Be interesting to hear whether COVID plays another role in that, because I was reading on Twitter there was a, a funny article about how a lot of popular like scented candle brands getting mm, trashed yeah. because people can't smell it because of the the COVID
1: thank you now i have that to think about as well
0: (laughs) so you need to uh you know that'd be quite a good gimmick you could just you could sell anything and just say you can't smell it oh that'll be COVID. don't worry
1: (laughs) i'm not that kind of person though (laughs) too bad because i'm i'm like the psychopath test book that I'm reading (laughs) is actually just describing, uh, business owners that don't have any feelings of guilt and remorse. And I was reading that and I was like, I am definitely not a psychopath because I wouldn't feel good doing um, that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: What are you looking forward to next week?
0: Yeah. So I'll keep it short and sweet. My big thing that I'm working on for the rest of this week and into next week is some really good, competitor comparison pages for Sparkloop. So mm. it's been really annoying me for a while that we have all of these generic referral tool competitors who say that they can do what we do and they just can't. And we need to do a better job of explaining to people who are trying to make a decision which tool they should use, why even though those tools say they are a good fit why spark loop is better and -hmm. it's been really fun researching other pages i've been looking at what Corey haynes has done for uh, for savvy with Derek reimer which is a really good comparison page with calendly did a really Mm -hmm. good job on that and then brian castle has a really good one for for process kit where he compares it to asana and places like that so i've been borrowing inspiration from both of those and digging deep into our competitors reviews on G2 and places like that and also we have some customers who've moved to us from different tools and i've been doing some some interviews with them to get some testimonials and some quotes on exactly why they moved and, and why they're happier now and i think these these pages are going to be they're going to be very good for us i'm really excited for them but they are also quite brutal so I'm mm. I'm really enjoying this is some of the marketing work that I really enjoy most.
1: Yeah, I'm even more excited now that you mentioned that they're brutal, I'm, I'm so. going to
0: share <laughs> because I can I'm going to share one quote that we found. So I'm not going to say who the competitor okay. is, but I was so what, what part of it is different sections on the website where we explain basically we say this is how Sparkloop is good and then we give an example, ideally a, a quote or a testimonial. A review from one of our competitors to say why they're not so good at that thing okay so one is that sparkloop is very easy to set up and we say with sparkloop it's a couple of clicks and you can get it set up in 27 minutes or less no coding no complicated zapier hacks needed like something like that and paraphrasing and then mm-hmm. the quote that we found from that competitor on, or on a review site to say how long it takes them to get set up was it took 162 emails back and forth to get hmm, set up on my page, even with a web developer. Uh, I don't know who said that, but I want to find whoever gave that quote and uh, yeah. give them a big kiss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: So that's what people can expect.
1: I'm excited to, to read all of them. So do, do share. <laughs> and we're going to put them in the, I think, can we in, in the podcast notes? Once you'll have them up and running. Yeah.
0: So by the time this episode goes live. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just to say it's not all hating on the competitors because that wouldn't work, but we we genuinely say where they are better and where someone should work with them instead. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Awesome. Then have a great rest of the week.
1: This was The Sub Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louie at louienichols underscore and you can reach out to me, Moitza, at moitza mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out? We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.